The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 674 for May 12th, 2019. Google announces two new Pixel devices, Bloomberg lays out what's expected from Apple's upcoming software updates, and sorting out time zone troubles. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and iOS for $1.99. Well, in the news this week, Samsung announcing it has two new ultra-high resolution image sensors for phone cameras offering up to 64 megapixel resolution. The Isocell Bright GW1 operates in two modes. In bright light, it can produce a full 64 megapixel image. It can also utilize tetracell pixel merging or pixel binding to combine four pixels into one, acting as a 16 megapixel sensor with better low light performance. The sensor also offers extended HDR and slow motion video for up to full HD at 480 frames per second. A second offering, the Isocell Bright GM2, offers most of the same features in a 48 megapixel sensor, which has 12 megapixel with pixel binding. The two sensors chips are currently sampling and are expected to be in mass production in the second half of the year. Well, in device news, Samsung is canceling its outstanding Galaxy Fold orders unless customers confirm that they still wish to proceed despite the screen failures that were seen in the review units. The company emailed customers on Tuesday this week who ordered the device, acknowledging the issues experienced by those reviewers, stating that it will automatically cancel orders unless purchasers confirm that they still wish to go ahead with the order. For those who still want to to get it, Samsung says that they can't say when the Fold orders will ship. In an email to customers, they say that they can cancel their order at any time before the device ships, but uh, if it hasn't been done so by the end of the month, it will cancel orders unless the customer clicks the link that says, yes, I would like to keep my order. The revised Samsung Galaxy Fold launch date in the U.S. will be decided in the next couple of weeks, says the company's CEO. There is speculation that the device will be canceled altogether, though that has not been yet discussed publicly. Boy, this one has really kind of gone sideways on Samsung here, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. After the review units that went out had all sorts of screen issues, and now the canceling of the orders here in the U.S., it is definitely a wonder whether or not this thing is going to come out. Yeah, that, and if it does, it's going to be very limited quantities, and I bet you that's why they're doing this particular maneuver, because no company ever wants to cancel your order by default. You want it the other way around. Send an email saying, are you sure you still want to proceed? Then say no, but this is the other way. This is you know an opt-in versus opt-out. So uh, that means that they're going to have very limited quantities uh, is what my gut feel on this uh, as well. If they do have only, say, you know, tens of thousands versus hundreds of thousands of these things available, uh, there are certainly going to be uh, some uh, some quality control things that uh, that are going to c- kind of come out on the back end of this as far as why they're doing this, because they're going to need to take more time on the front end to make sure that everything that's going out uh, is indeed the uh, the appropriately functioning type of hardware. So uh, it, it is kind of an interesting, uh, you know, just conversation to have across a device that is so new and so different. And uh, if you have an issue like this, how do you deal with it? Obviously, not the first time Samsung has had an issue with a device that has had to be recalled. The Note uh, I don't remember which number it was, the 7 or the 6. One of those Note devices uh, had a lot of issues with it uh, in the batteries, if you recall, from about two years back. And uh, so obviously Samsung learning a lot from that and will hopefully take that knowledge and put into it uh, in place a, a revised uh, rollout of this device because I know certainly the technology of having a folding screen is intriguing to some. 
Well, at the Google I.O. conference this week, Google expanded its Pixel lineup with two mid-range models, the Pixel 3a and Pixel 3a XL. The new models look much like the higher-end Pixel 3 models and have most of the same features, but use software to bring enhanced quality to more affordable hardware components such as the camera module. The Pixel 3a has a 5.6-inch display selling for $399. The larger Pixel 3a XL has a 6-inch display and sells for $479. The phones are on sale starting immediately from Google, and Google is expanding distribution of its whole Pixel 3 and 3a lineup to T-Mobile, Sprint, and U.S. Cellular in addition to Verizon. The 3A phones include a 3.5mm audio jack, night sight, and portrait modes in the camera app, call screening, a squeeze shortcut for Google Assistant, USB-C, stereo speakers, Google Titan M security chip, and a promise of OS updates for three years. The phones support fast charging and come with an 18-watt charger. The Pixel 3A is available in three colors, dust black, clearly white, and purple-ish. Now, Sprint offering is offering new customers either the 3A or 3A XL for less than $35 a month per line when combined with unlimited basic, featuring unlimited data, talk, and text nationwide, as well as 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot and Hulu based on a plan with five lines of basic unlimited. The 3A will be available for $31.07 a month or $11.07 a month after a $100 discount and $0 down with Sprint Flex lease for a device combined with $20 per month for unlimited basic. The larger Pixel 3a XL is available for $34.40 per month, which is $14.40 per month after $100 discount, zero down with Sprint Flex leases, and a device combined with $20 per month for unlimited basic. With Sprint Flex lease, new customers can get the Pixel 3 for just $16.63 per month after a $300 discount, zero down with a larger Pixel 3 XL for $22.04 a month after a $300 discount and zero down. Now, all four Pixels will be available on T-Mobile in 64 gig versions and the Pixel 3a comes with the just black and clearly white for just 1667 a month uh, that's uh, with uh, the zero down as well the 3a XL comes in just black and clearly light for twenty dollars a month with zero down it can you also get the pixel 3 for thirty dollars a month with eighty dollars down and the pixel 3 XL $30 a month with 180 down, all for 24 months on the T-Mobile equipment installment plan. T-Mobile also offering new and existing customers up to $400 off any of the Pixel smartphones with an eligible trade-in, meaning customers can get the new Pixel 3a basically for free. T-Mobile for business customers can also take advantage of the offer. All four Pixels include 600 megahertz support, providing better coverage in buildings and in rural areas. The Pixel 3 and 3 XL are also equipped to support advanced technologies of T-Mobile's LTE networks such as LTE. LAA, carrier aggregation, 256QAM, and 4x4 MIMO. Now, in other Android device news, T-Mobile will start selling the OnePlus 7 Pro nationwide on May 17th. The phone is set to be announced on Tuesday, May 14th in New York City. T-Mobile will hold its own launch event uh, for the phone at a Times Square store on the same day. Then on the 15th, T-Mobile will hold additional launch events at its signature stores in Chicago, Vegas, Miami, San Francisco, and Santa Monica. OnePlus made a name for itself offering an affordable flagship selling unlocked phones. The company scored its first U.S. carrier deal last year when T-Mobile picked up the OnePlus 6T. 
Now, moving on to software and news, Bloomberg on Monday posted a lengthy report on what it expects Apple to announce in iOS 13, watchOS 6, and macOS 10.15. Apple will officially announce these new operating systems at WWDC coming up on June 4th, but the preview by Bloomberg includes details of a redesigned Reminders application, updates to iMessage and Apple Books, frequent location options in Maps and more. Apple Watch will get a new calculator, audiobooks, and a voice memos app, as well as adding an on-device app store so users can download apps directly on the watch. Also, according to people familiar with the plans, iOS 13, which is codenamed Yukon, includes tweaks and new features across several apps, including features originally planned for last year. The company is also already working on iOS 14, which they're codenaming Azul for the release in 2020. That release is also expected to support 5G wireless network speeds and new AR functionality for next year's iPhone. Now, the software uh, for the second year in a row will pro- uh, focus on speeding up the devices and reducing bugs. There, of course, will be some interface tweaks, including a new animation when launching multitasking and closing apps, and the widgets that appear on the left of the home screen will now have a cleaner look. There's also a dark mode, a black and gray heavy interface optimized for viewing at night that can be enabled in Control Center, uh, the panel for quickly accessing the settings. The company is testing a new keyboard option that allows users to swipe across letters on the keyboard in one motion, similar to uh, a third-party service called SwiftKey. A revamped health app with a new homepage outlines your daily activity better. There will also be a section for hearing health, so how loud you play music on your headphones and the loudness of the external environment will be included in that data. It also includes a more comprehensive menstrual cycle tracking, so you can track period apps uh, such as Flow and Ovia a little bit better. There's also a new feature similar to the third-party apps of Duet Display and Luna Display that will let users uh, use their iPad as a secondary Mac screen and the ability to draw on it with the Apple Pencil, as well as expanding the viewing area and getting notifications from the Mac on that feature. The updated Reminders app company, uh, completes uh, the kind of full-circle approach to to-do lists with several uh, new features, including four default sections to uh, lay out the reminders in a grid fashion, as well as tasks that can be done today, all tasks, schedule tasks, or flag tasks. Uh, each section has its own different colored page that users can add items to. The new feature uh, of screen time is uh, letting parents uh, limit their kids' Uh, the uh, the ability to not use the devices during certain times. So, for example, a parent could make it so their kid can't contact anyone but them during evenings. Apple has recently been criticized for removing multiple third-party parental control applications from the App Store. The company said it pulled them due to software uh, and security on the privacy side. Uh, a refreshed Apple Books application will encourage users to read more by the way of an updated progress tracker and rewards system. iMessage gets an upgrade with a WhatsApp-like uh, enhancement that lets people set a profile picture and display name and choose who sees it. There's also a dedicated menu in the conversation view that will send stickers uh, to view and send stickers uh, of different emojis, a virtual character, of course, uh, that can be found on the latest iPhones and iPads. Uh, an updated Maps app will make it easier to set locations like home and work as well as navigating to them. Users can also create groups of frequent places and add photos to them. The current interface for navigating uh, will also be uh, upgraded a little bit and it will obviously be used to increase uh, its uh, competitiveness with both Google Maps and Waze. Apple uh, is combining Find My Friends and Find My iPhone services into a new application. Uh, this could go along with the physical beacon uh, that we've heard about that Apple could be announcing uh, that would allow you to have non-Apple devices like backpacks uh, tracked with the application with a tile-style interface. 
Um, a new built-in or the built-in mail app will be updated to include the ability to mute individual threads, block incoming email from certain contacts, and have better uh, folder management. The new system-wide sleep mode will be tied into uh, the bedtime tab and uh, the Apple Clock applications. It will let users input what time they fall asleep and when they want to wake up, and that software will then track some sleep patterns. But also, the new version will be more extensive and can integrate new uh, sleep tracking devices like the Apple Watch. The sleep mode, which when enabled in control center, control center turns on Do Not Disturb, darkens the lock screen and mutes notifications. An upgraded home app as part of the company's smart home push will be more integrated with security cameras and have the ability to view past recordings. The Apple also planning to let HomePod speakers respond to different user voices, creating much uh, more multi-user modes. Uh, the organized share sheet interface for sharing photos and web links will change. Uh, the software will suggest people to send content to based on how frequently they interact with them. Uh, the company is testing also downloads and its download manager for Safari web browsing so users can see the downloads in a single place like they can on a computer. The iPad getting some unique features such as an updated interface for multitasking, tweaks to the home screen, and the ability to cycle through different versions of the, the same application. And also, finally, Apple planning to offer better integration for hearing aid support and a more comprehensive accessibility settings menu on the main page of the settings application. So that's a lot of leaked stuff. And, it, you know, sometimes this stuff actually comes out and other times it doesn't because it seems like the features, they're, they're working on them, testing them, and then at the last minute they pull them because they're not ready or they don't work or something like that. One of the, the features that you mentioned was the share sheet option with frequent interactions. That stupid thing drives me up a wall because I'm in the photo applications taking pictures and I want to send this picture to somebody. Every single time I have to type their name out. Every single time. Uh, instead of just grabbing pictures, hitting the share button, and then seeing the people who I, you know, maybe the last two people, the last three people, the last one person would make it infinitely easier easier. Uh, I can't believe it's still the way it is right now. So I would love to see that. And of course, a bunch of the other things saying, you know, moving stuff around. It, it seems like they just move things around just for the fun of it, just to drive you nuts instead of actually making things better in many cases. Uh, I hope they don't do that. Uh, it's nice to have some upgraded multitasking because that still is kind of cheeseball on the iPad that, that definitely needs some improvement. But otherwise, of course, it's nice to have uh, some new features. The one thing that I see that's glaringly uh, missing is, of course, uh, tweaks and improvements to the Photos application because that uh, has been pretty, I mean, they've done some things, but it still needs, it needs more work. It needs to be improved upon. I continue to want and uh, I'll just say even, you know, yearn for, if you will, uh, more professional uh uh, integration with uh, support for things like mice uh, on the iPad side. Um, and and more, most of this just kind of comes down to me really enjoying using the portability of an iPad for a day-to-day -day device. Uh, but uh, for those that, that do what I do, uh, you understand that uh, you do get uh, quite a bit of fatigue uh, from using an iPad for an extended period of time. Uh, would love to be able to, to integrate it uh, with a mouse. Uh, obviously, we already have the keyboard. Would love to be able to connect up an external monitor and it, for it to either display um, the uh, the content from the main display on that monitor to have basically you know a dual monitor setup etc. All of these things uh, not uh, crazy requests uh, mostly just trying to to take full advantage of of having a device that can really connect and go anywhere. And I just I don't want to to carry a computer. I have not uh, carried a computer uh, you know a, a laptop in a 
in a way that most people do in years. And uh, just having uh, these couple of just small tweaks would really be helpful. Now, uh, I say all of that, and I also f- go into this full well knowing that this is a mobile device uh, with a mobile operating system, and we'll never see the full versions of the, the desktop class operating system uh, s- applications on it. And so I'm not going to get everything that I want probably ever. But what I do know is that they're with everything that they're trying to do to make this a more professional style device, they're going to have to acquiesce on some of these things and basically say, look, we understand uh, we it's not an operating system designed for mice, but there are certain things that make sense for you to do with it. Uh, and uh, I, I just even I think about the, like it, the simple task of like using a Word document. And uh, certainly I can reach up and I can touch the screen and but I think about like highlighting, cutting and copying and pasting text and stuff like that. It's just a, it's a very it's onerous tedious. It's tedious. Yeah, it's, so it's very better. tedious. And you, you, you figure that there would be certain things that you could do uh, a little bit more efficiently. And I, it, Joey, you and I both use uh, remote desktop on these things, virtual uh, oper- or virtual desktops as well. And uh, th- those you almost have to have. Uh, you know, mouse support in order to use kind of for a longer period of time. So it, it's just there are a number of things that are, uh, to your point, uh, not just from, you know, kind of my desires of how I would love to use uh, the operating system. But uh, as all of us have uh, started to use these things as more, uh, you know, regular devices or primary devices, I guess, if you will, uh, there are things that just come up and you go, well, why, why? Why can we not have X, Y, or Z thing? Apple obviously working to try and integrate and incorporate as much as they can and also making sure that they're still, I'm not sure if differentiating is the right word, but making optimizing these devices for the best that they can for the way that people are using them. So anyway, a lot happening on the iOS side. Now, on the watch side, watchOS 6 will add in the App Store directly to the watch so you can download apps on the go, making it more independent of your iPhone. Of course, you currently need uh, the companion app on the iPhone to do both uh, app and installations and updates. Apple also bringing the voice memos app to the iPhone, iPad, and Mac so users can record voice memos from their wrist. Uh, this is actually something I do uh, quite a bit uh, from with the Evernote application. Uh, the app itself has got a, a way to record a quick uh, a voice memo, so that would be really nice to have natively. Apple also planning to add Animoji and Memoji stickers. Who cares? Uh, the watch will also get the Apple Books app for listening to audiobooks from the wrist and also a calculator app. There'll be two new health-related applications, one dubbed uh, Dose, which is uh, for pill reminders, another called Cycles. That's for tracking menstrual cycles. Uh, Apple adding um, more face complications, uh, which will show additional snippets of information beyond just the time. Also be one that shows the status of audiobooks and others showing battery life of hearing aids and others that measure external noise and rain data. The company is also adding several new watch faces, a gradient face that makes the gradient look of the color the user chooses, an X large face that shows jumbo numbers and different fonts and colors, a California dial that looks like a classic watch face and mixes Roman numerals with Arabic numerals, a redesigned solar analog, a watch face that looks like a sundial, and a new infograph sundial, uh, one that includes larger complication views like the stock market chart or the weather. In uh, other iOS news, well, it's before we get into this, uh, so more w- Apple Watch stuff, um, you know, kind of th- that we similarly, you know, like kind of that does stuff, like why we have not seen voice memos up until now is, is kind of, you know, crazy. Uh, but then also just a lot of iterations on this and uh, it, it, the complications, obviously just expanding out what they're doing, not a whole lot of new stuff here, stuff that is, is going to appease many users that are going to uh, kind of feel a refreshed version uh, of their device, although it's not really really all that much different 
Um, and, and this is this is just the, the state of where we are. Uh, not a lot of stuff is changing. Uh, not a lot of functionality is being added. Uh, it's it's all incremental stuff at this point. And, and as users of mobile devices, this is just kind of where we are. Like we were with basically have been since computers, I should say, uh, for about the last decade. Right. And they're taking it slow with the Apple Watch for a lot of reasons, because, you know, they it's it's you know working the way it is right now and they don't want to do anything real drastic because I, I think they want to extend the life cycle out of this device. I, I really think that's kind of what they're uh, anticipating what they're working with right now. Yeah. And obviously, I don't really find that there's a lot that I, I can't do. Uh, with these devices, uh, you know, and, and the operating systems. And, you know, mobile is is quickly changing here to uh, to being a, more of a primary thing for, uh, you know, a primary device for, a, I think, a, a lot of the general public. I mean, you think about, you know, they you've got full generations that have grown up using these devices now. And as they as you think about where you are spending most of your time, it's not necessarily where you're the most productive, but where you're spending most of your time. It's that's really where I think they're trying to make sure as a company they're focused uh, mostly on. And so if you then go to these extraneous devices, these secondary devices, even tertiary devices like watches and other wearables, it's mostly about just making sure that they're able to continue to provide that experience and the additional functionality. I mean, why you can't download applications or software updates independently is is kind of silly. Um, but although I will tell you, it is interesting if you ever use the watch um, without, you know, if you use it on, uh, the, the cellular network, as an example, it is uh, amazing how fast that battery drains. And so you you talk about the efficiency of you know what Bluetooth can do, and, and even Wi-Fi to a certain extent. If you happen to be on the same Wi-Fi network, but out of the Bluetooth range as your phone, um, it, it, it's it's remarkable, and uh, it, it shows you just how far we still have to go with battery technology and uh, how much power you actually need to power these things. So anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, in other iOS news, as I was saying, Microsoft this week releasing an update to its Outlook application on iOS. The update makes improvements uh, to the Apple Watch application, including new complications for the watch face. Microsoft says Outlook on Apple Watch should now be more be faster than before. The company touting that it is now lightning fast. The new complications let you take full advantage of the infograph and infograph modular watch faces with a focus on the calendar features of Outlook, showing you upcoming events with their times. Outlook for iOS will soon add a dark mode as well, though currently no timeline on when that update may arrive. Uh, obviously, as we've talked about many times, I'm a big Apple Watch uh, user. Uh, I'm also a big Outlook user. And so this is was a, a nice update for me. I had, in fact, deleted the Outlook application on the watch because of just how poor the performance was. I've since added it back on. Happy to report it is faster. Uh, some of the functionality did go away. So when you go in and you pull up a message, you can no longer reply to them. You can only archive uh, or delete. Interestingly, if you get the notification, you click on the notification, you can still reply from there. So not sure why it's it's different there and why the feature set is different. But uh, I, I'm assuming that part of it is uh, for this uh, in, ensuring that it is performing better. And uh, either way, most of what I'm doing on the watch anyway is just triaging, which would in fact be archiving or deleting or uh, marking something as uh, uh, basically unread. Because if I read it, then I want to mark it as unread. But that's about all I ever do with the watch anyway. So it does work better now. And I love having those complications on the screen that show uh, the calendar because I have not had the ca my calendar basically on my watch now uh, since I deleted it, which is crazy because I, I do uh, miss ha having that. 
Yeah, that's uh, crazy you didn't have that because I still use the regular, uh, you know, stock mail app uh, connected to the exchange account to get my calendar and all that stuff uh, synced over. So I that that I see on there and I don't I, I, I don't use the Outlook app complications. So um, that's great. You've got that back on there. And re- that reply thing, that just sounds like a bug. I think they just probably missed it. Yeah, it could be. Uh, either way, I'm looking forward to uh, to con- you know the continued uh, in, you know improvements and feature additions. I, I just don't want to have multiple synchronizations of that data on the device. I don't. I just. I don't know why. I just don't want to have even if it was just calendar and contacts. I, I do everything through Outlook, and it it works out fairly well. So uh, anyway, moving on. Um, in Android software, Google I/O uh, this week revealing new software as well as those two new Pixel devices. Google's mobile operating system has new key features uh, being added to Android 10Q. The first is Live Caption, a system-wide feature that uses on-device speech recognition to automatically add captions to any video played on the phone, including video calls. Because it uses new on-device speech recognition, uh, it works quickly, privately, and even offline. A new focus mode blocks notifications from a configurable list of distracting applications when enabled. A new dark mode helps save power on phones with OLED displays. New parental controls built right into the phone's main settings let parents set time limits into specific apps, set a bedtime that can be extended with bonus time by the parent, approve new app installs, and review screen time by application. New privacy controls offer more granular control over applications uh, using location data. Q also offers better support for foldable phones. The third beta of Android 10Q will be available soon for 21 devices from 12 different brands. Now, on the back end of Android Q, the OS includes new internal architecture called Project Mainline that splits off OS functions like app-like modules that can be updated quickly and easily without updating the entire operating system. This will allow many security and privacy updates to be delivered quickly via Google Play instead of requiring time-consuming updates to the whole OS created by manufacturers and carriers. The new modules include several that are critical for security and have required Uh, and or have required the most updates in the past. Uh, These include the module for handling media, such as photos, uh, videos, and audio, resolving internet domain names, managing app permissions, and cryptography. All of this will lead to overall faster OS updates in the future. Also new in Q, new cryptography software called uh, Adantium, which allows any device to keep user data encrypted, something that previously required cryptographic acceleration hardware. Further, Google announced that all compatible Android devices launching, uh, newly launching with Android Q will be required to encrypt user data with no exceptions. The policy seems to exempt devices that launched with an earlier version of Android but are upgraded to Q. Encrypting user data keeps data on the phone from being accessed when a device is lost or stolen. Google is also making, it, making TLS 1.3 standard in Android Q that offers faster, more secure protection for network connections compared to TLS 1.2. Yeah, that's good they're doing the encryption enforcement. Of course, a bunch of devices have been able to do that, but not a lot do, and it's it's not really obvious to the user that this is happening, just like the iPhone, because the iPhone has been encrypting all user data for many, many years now. They were really kind of early on it, and you don't really know that it's happening because uh, it happens when you set a passcode or a password on your device. Otherwise, the device is not encrypted, but once you set that, then the entire device memory is encrypted. Yeah, and there's no way to go in and get it without that password, um, which is obviously if you're concerned about your privacy, concerned about your data, whether or not you have anything or not to hide, it is still very important data that's very valuable. 
um, from a what you're sharing, uh, you know, information uh, that could get out there and potentially get used for various types of purposes. So definitely an interesting uh, and uh, important thing that we're seeing now coming here built into Android Q. Uh, Well, in other Android news, Google's visual search and intelligent camera application Lens is getting new features specific to visiting restaurants. With Lens, you'll soon be able to point your phone's camera at a menu with Lens and automatically highlight the most popular dishes based on Google Maps reviews. Very interesting there. Users will also be able to point their camera at the bill and Lens will automatically calculate the tip and options for splitting the bill. On the search side, Google is adding 3D models to its search results, including the option to use AR to display models at actual size in the space around you. At I.O., Google demoed 3D models of the human body, sneakers, and a great white shark. On the Google Assistant front, Google's new Pixel phones coming later this year will have a new version that brings Google's speech recognition system onto the phone itself for up to 10 times faster response, as well as offline capabilities. Google has shrunk its machine learning model for speech recognition down to just one half gigabyte, enabling it to fit on the phones. Uh, Google is adding uh, several features to Assistant, including a semi-automated transaction on select websites, such as reserving a rental car. Google is also adding a new driving mode to Assistant that combines maps navigation with audio features in a voice-driven interface that minimizes distractions. A redesigned version of Android Auto will also roll out this summer. The biggest change, the ability to control two apps at once, with one taking up the main screen and the other displaying limited controls and or info in a widget within the persistent bar at the bottom of the screen. So for example, the main screen can show navigation maps while Spotify controls appear at the bottom bar. The bottom bar also swaps out app shortcuts for a voice assistant button and the button that summons a new notification center. Android Auto can also now automatically launch navigation to resume your music each time you start the car. An expanded layout will appear on cars with wider displays. Android Auto lets an Android phone's, uh, phone power your car's dashboard screen with an interface optimized for driving and minimizing distractions. Similar to Apple's CarPlay, of course, more than 500 car models from 50 brands support Android Auto. Finally, in software news from Google, if privacy is important to you, Google announced Tuesday that its privacy-oriented incognito feature will be expanding to apps beyond the Chrome browser. Google Maps and YouTube will soon offer incognito mode, keeping Google from tracking and storing your activity and associating it with your Google account. Later this year, Google will also add incognito mode to Google Search on mobile. In questions and comments this week, first up, a question from Tim. He says, uh, what can you tell me about the T-Mobile promotion where you can add a line and trade in an eligible phone when they give you a 750 bill credit? Uh, but if you do it at a Costco, they give you a bill credit for the worth, the value of your phone. So as an example, the iPhone 728 gig is $135. And then that remainder in the form of a Visa card. So for example, in this case, $750 minus the 135, which would be $615. The card coming three to four weeks later. If this is possible, could you just essentially cancel the line added after three months with no uh, repercussions? Uh, thanks, Tim. So, uh, yeah, Tim, I suppose this would be possible. And, you know, as with most of these offers, there is no contract involved when you're making the switch over to these carriers. So no binding agreement between you and the carrier. Uh, but the carrier is banking on the fact that most people aren't going to take the time to leave them after they t- they do everything to make that switch over. Uh, but really, there isn't any reason you couldn't leave and, and keep uh uh, you know, those that that money that you've received from them. But that said, any device balances that are still due to you and any promotions that went against the account are going to be forfeited if you cancel a line or the entire account. So just keep that in mind that, yes, you can probably get away with some stuff here, but I, I don't uh, a lot of this is going to be tied to the account itself. And, and so you may not be able to get all of the stuff that you think that you're getting when you leave. 
Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of keep track of people that do something like this and may not allow you to sign back up uh, in the future, too. I suppose that is a possibility. There, yeah, certainly. And it's certainly not on the same promotion, that's for sure. Um, if it's, you know, especially if it's tying it to your uh, your social security number, which is generally what they do with the, when they set up these accounts. So, um, you know, so I get the point is, is, yeah, I suppose you could, but I don't know that it's worth your time. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know what kind of you know, person you're, you're, you are, but you know, maybe you, it's worth it to do it. But, uh, anyway, there's uh but I, I don't think there's going to be, um, you're not going to see any, any, uh, any, you know, legal language or anything like that. Um, that says to, to the extent that you can't, uh, cancel the lines, uh, unless you're signing a contract. Right. Cause otherwise they wouldn't do it as a gift card at all. It would just be a, a bill credit or, or something else. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, next up question from Joseph. He says, I've never been able to get the calendar events to show properly, uh, when traveling in whatever time zone I am. So example, I can make an event at three o'clock on the West coast, uh, but then go to New York and make an event at, uh, three o'clock. But as it does, uh, my three o'clock event will show up at 12 o'clock. Uh, because it was 12 o'clock on the East Coast, uh, or 12 o'clock at home when I said it, and the time zone op- override is off, uh, what setting do I need to modify to make this happen? So um, kind of as a way of a little bit of history, of course it does this because uh, you're creating the event in the time, uh, at the time in the world uh, that we are in, meaning if you put a flight on your calendar at a, at a certain time, let's just say noon, for three hours in duration... Uh, whatever time that flight happens is the t- is the same time everywhere in the world, just plus or minus the time zones, right? So let's say let's let's play this out. So a three hour flight, uh, one hour time zone difference, meaning you would land at for, it, it'd be three o'clock at the time that where at your from where you left, but because you got one time zone, you went back one t- one hour. Your phone would display two p.m. So if you put a meeting uh, on your phone that ended at 2 p.m., uh, it would have it would be showing that the, the meeting was already over because you basically because of that you made that that change in the time zone. So uh, there isn't an easy way when you're traveling to add an event on your phone, at least through the Outlook application and set the time zone that you're in. I, Joey, do you remember? Can you do this in uh, the calendar application in iOS? Can you go in and change the time zone? Yes, you can. And that's what you have to do. If you have if you're uh, in uh, California, for example, and you have a meeting in New York, you want to make sure you set that calendar appointment as Eastern time. So when you go to Eastern time, it'll actually show you the appropriate time uh, for that, because otherwise it just sets it as your home. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say that. It sets it wherever your you ta- your current time zone is set in your device, and, and if you've got it set automatically, wherever you are at the moment. So it's... It, it, it is a weird feature, um, and of course, I don't do that much time zone uh, moving these days. But it's very, uh, it's very handy when it does keep it adjust, especially for somebody who changes time zones very, very frequently. It, it it's great to keep track of it that way. So one of the things that you uh, brought up here was this time zone override. So turning off time zone override means that your phone's calendar displays events based on your home time zone. iOS automatically displays events in your local time, uh, but you can use time zone override uh, under which is mail, contacts, calendars, and settings to stick to a particular time zone, which of course is handy when uh, when you're you're away from, let's say, your home, and you're you're actually looking to to keep it on to keep everything set for the local time. But frankly, I, I would much rather have it where I'm just you know looking at 
the information in the time that I am. Um, Joey, as you point out, you can set it for uh, the time zone where you are uh, in the mail application or the calendar application that's built into iOS. Um, in Outlook, I don't I don't see a place to do this. There is uh, there's no time zone when you're setting the time. It just it shows up and it says the time zone that you're in. As an example, mine just says Eastern Daylight Time right now. Uh, so, but I, and I can go in and I can move, of course, the time around, but I can't do anything to set the actual time zone in there. So unfortunately it's, it's not the, um, I, I, I don't have the ability to do that in here, but of course you can do it on the, on the, uh, on the computer as well. When you go into outlook, um, I think you can do it also in Gmail. If you're using one of the Google calendars where you can set the time zone and that's really the best thing to do is to set it based on the the time that you're go, that you know when you go in and add it add it where you're going to be because uh, then it'll be and set that time zone so that it makes the most sense not what uh, not where you are it, I, I know it's confusing and uh, this goes back to the wouldn't it be great to have a universal time so we're not even thinking about this but uh, we digress this is probably not going to happen next up uh, is a question from Patrick and uh, this is actually the last question and it's uh, it says uh, TCPJ question regarding the Pixel two Versus uh, from Verizon versus the Google Store version of the Pixel 2. I've read that updates will come from Verizon uh, and come it and the, the device comes with pre-installed applications. Um, I plan to use T-Mobile. Uh, it's just the Verizon Pixels are priced lower. Well, will there be restrictions or missing frequency bands? Uh, also, do you think the Pixel 2 has better performance than the 3A? Thanks for the great show. So. Uh, let me tell you what Google says about this. So the unlocked version of the Pixel 2 is an unlocked phone that works with all carriers, including Project Fi. The Verizon version is a Verizon-enabled phone with Verizon SIM cards pre-installed. So that doesn't tell you a whole lot. So let's go into the differences here. So not much uh, really uh, to, to to from a, a physical perspective, obviously, uh, but the Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL are unlocked and do indeed work with all major carriers. They support 21 different LTE bands, including uh, AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint, US Cellular, and of course Verizon. Uh, the Google and Verizon versions of these devices um, are basically the same from a where they're going to work. If you buy the Verizon version, you can take it to any carrier and it will work. T-Mobile is running promotions from time to time, so you can get uh, some, some money off of these for buying them, but um, as for the Verizon SIM card coming pre-installed, uh, you know, obviously that's just because of the exclusive that they had. Uh, but if you you can obviously just take the SIM card out and, and put the new one in. Uh, so that's not a big deal. Um, so the hardware itself, no difference. Like I mentioned, uh, they feature the same specs, same software, same colors. Um, and, you know, the Verizon model, I think, had an exclusive when it came out. But uh, there's really only the difference that you would find there. Uh, on the software side, when you buy a Google phone, you're getting obviously updates quickly. Um, the uh, the faster the the faster updates um, will or the, the updates will probably come fast as fast on both. Um, Verizon has committed to pushing out major OS updates at the same time as an unlocked or Google Store version. Uh, and so Verizon has, uh, you know, will will do review on these, but they did say that they, when Google releases it, Verizon phones will receive the same update at the same time. Um, so I don't think that uh, there's any reason that that is not happening. Although perhaps someone who's got phones uh, got one of these devices on Verizon might be able to confirm that for us. Um, so on the uh, the the idea of additional software coming on it. Uh, I don't think that uh, other than just a couple of applications that Verizon 
loads, preloads, you're going to find any real bloatware on these things. And you could just obviously uninstall any applications that you don't want. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, that's probably not that big of a deal, but you're not going to find, I think the the deep, uh, bloatware that you find when you buy, let's say like, you know, the older Samsung uh, devices on, on a carrier, it's just going to be a couple of apps. Yeah, and most uh, Android allows you to uninstall pretty much almost everything now uh, these days, where a lot of times in the past you could not. Yeah, and again, I think it's just going to be like the, like the Verizon TV stuff and, and those types of things, the video type of applications. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a, a crazy amount of stuff. Uh, so really, the you know, not a whole lot of differences here. Um, same hardware, same networks, updates at the same time, no real issues that you're going to find. And uh, so I would say if you can find it for cheaper uh, and it's unlocked on Verizon that you would probably want to go with that just because it's it's going to be OK for you. And, and frankly, if you wanted to, you could obviously, you know, flash on the new version of the software, a uh, different version of the software if you wanted to, because it's really a pretty easy thing to do uh, with uh, with Google devices. Well, if you have any questions or comments for us, we'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call to 650-999-05. Two four or send us email to questions at the cellphonejunkie.com and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at the cellphonejunkie.com.